Welcome to The Frederick Factor. My name is Ashley Kiggins, and I'm the host of season two. Everyone who's lived in, worked in, or visited Frederick, Maryland knows there's just something special about this place. One of those things is the incredible, diverse community that continues to grow. Here on this podcast, we bring you Frederick's underrepresented business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders into the spotlight, share their stories with you, and find out what's their Frederick factor. Today, I am joined by the awesome, amazing community leader, Shanna Knight. Hello, everybody. So for those who don't know, Shanna has been a prominent figure in the Frederick County nonprofit industry for the last few years and has now started to take her, what she's learned in the nonprofit, all to a whole nother level to help for the promotion of underrepresented businesses in Frederick County. So that includes our Black-owned, Hispanic-owned, any type of minority-owned, women-owned, veteran-owned. So she has kind of taken what she's learned and is pushing it all to the next level. So it's very nice to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. One thing I want to know is what brought you to Frederick County? Kind of what's your background of Frederick? Sure. Well, actually, I was born and raised in Montgomery County. Um, I moved a lot back and forth at one point between Frederick in Montgomery County. I want to say in like middle school is when I officially stayed in Frederick for good. So, you know, I've been here most of my life, I tell people. So I I really do consider myself to be from Frederick. Um, Most of my memories are in Frederick. Um, And then, you know, I went away to school for four years. And I will say Frederick was an interesting place for me before I could, you know, I couldn't really appreciate it when I was younger. And then going away to school And coming back and getting really started in my career is when I started to really just love and appreciate this community. And I bought my home here, so now this is home. Awesome. Well, and also, you're one of the founding members of Soul Street, a a nonprofit here. So, you know, kind of what inspired you? Obviously, we all just went through this insane last two years of COVID and um, have seen so many changes in our community over the Mm -hmm. last two years because of that. So what kind of inspired Soul Street? Yes, This is a story that is just crazy. So, you know, it's 2020. um, I want to say it's June. And we had all just witnessed the murder of George Floyd. A lot of us are on lockdown, if you're not essential. um, And a lot of people had time to really take in what was going on. You know, the video was everywhere on social media. Everybody's talking about it. I think mothers especially you know, as this man was crying out for his mom, like mothers were, their eyes were glued to the screen and they were able to take it all in and realize what was going on. And I think it opened so many people's eyes. Everyone was protesting all over the world. And it was a beautiful thing to see that people, you know, because this wasn't the first time that this had happened, but it was a beautiful thing to see that people were coming together in unity and support of Black lives. Protesting was great. You know, it was a great way to show support. But then people were like, what can we really do? And a lot of people realized the power in supporting Black-owned businesses. That's, you know, pouring wealth into the Black community is just a huge way to make a difference that is sustainable. It lasts forever. And um, because, you know, how the media works, things were resurfacing like— I think it was around the anniversary of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Trump was about to go speak. And that was a whole other thing. But I I think that, you know, people started educating themselves on, like, Black Wall Street Mm -hmm. and what that was and how horrible it was to see, like, you know, Black businesses be destroyed and people be murdered and 
So a lot of people really wanted to just support Black-owned businesses. And for me as well, like, this was, I will say, like, I was no expert on, like, Black history. And growing up, I'm biracial. So, you know, it was something that has always been, like, a challenge for me trying to, you know, figure out my Blackness in the world, especially because I was raised by a white mother. Um, So I was educating myself along with it. And for me, I felt really connected to, like, my Black side. Like, this is, I need to do more. So... Seeing those Facebook groups that we had, like the takeout, the Frederick County takeout groups and Shop Local and all the great groups out there, people were asking, like, what are the Black-owned businesses? And for me, I'm like, that's weird that, you know, like, why can't we find them? Why aren't they visible? Like, where are they? They got to be out there. So, you know, I just kind of put out a message on my Facebook, like, who wants to start, like, a a Black-owned farmer's market? Like, we can get some Black-owned businesses together. And they can sell their items. You know, obviously, a Black-owned grocery store would be ideal. We have Hispanic markets. We have Asian markets. We have co-ops. Like, why not, Mm. you know, work toward this type of goal? We need this. Like, this is something that has existed before. So a lot of people responded. You know, a lot of people, like I said, had time on their hands. And they stepped to the plate. You know, people of all colors responded. And um, we got a big group together. And we started, you know, dumping ideas back and forth in a Facebook chat And eventually, you know, like anytime something starts with a large group, people kind of like fizzle out. And we had this core group of black business leaders, our, you know, business owners, real estate agent. We had nonprofit leaders. It was a core group. It was almost like the perfect group if you think about everyone's role. And we were like, okay, we're going to do this thing in August. It was June, end of June. We're going to do a market in August. But we had an opportunity to do something on July 4th. So Leslie Ruby with uh, Pop-Up Frederick, you know, she saw what we were trying to do and she had her venue, but with COVID, she was like, you know, some of my vendors aren't sure. So, you know, if you want to use it, you totally can. And we were like, okay, we had two weeks to throw a market together and it was hectic, but we like poured our heart and souls into this and we got eight vendors together and it was a hot day. It was a holiday, 4th of July, And people, we can only have so many people at a time within the sky stage space. And if you know the space, it's it's outside, but it's like a building, you know. Um, So we can only have like 30 people at a time within the space. And um, we had people standing in line in the hot heat. And they waited and they each had their turn. And all the vendors sold out. So for us, that was like, wow, this is confirmation that people really do want to support the businesses. But not only that, the businesses are out there because after that market, We had people emailing us like, hey, when's your next market? How can we get involved? So um, the businesses are out there. (laughs) And when you think about like how they weren't represented, it's just crazy. So that's really like how we formed and what we're trying to do. We're trying to help get representation for the businesses. That's an incredible story. I mean, and to think a lot of those businesses have probably been established Mm -hmm. for years. Yeah. And just did not have, you know, maybe didn't have the money to be in a, you know, brick and mortar, expensive office or or expensive retail space or Mm -hmm. something like that. So this was a great opportunity to get everyone together. And now people know their businesses. They know their websites. They can order online from them. They can find them at, you know, the different pop-ups. I know you guys have one at Common Market. I mean, it's really an exciting thing. So I, I guess you can almost say, I mean... Underrepresented businesses out of something very sad, heartbreaking yeah. came a something positive of people actually yeah. as you know being woke. Yes. Uh, absolutely. I say that with quotations, but um <laughs> to to what was already there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
my background's very similar to yours. My parents are both biracial. I grew up kind of trying to figure out where my where my place was. And I will tell you, it was one of those things where when something like this happens, mm-hmm. you really start to to learn. And it, yes. it was amazing to me how many people did not know about Black Wall Street and yep. had no idea about Tulsa. I mean— yeah. And then you look at Lake Lanier and you look at what Central Park was. That was also a black town. There's so yes. many of them. So then you, you, know, you discover Black Wall Street, and then you find out how many more there are that aren't talked about or covered in, like, history books. It just really makes you want to start something and protect it. And also come together with other organizations because we're stronger together. I will also say that in addition to like supporting the businesses that existed, we kind of became like a safe space for people to start businesses. So a few at our second market, a few of the vendors we had were just, they were passion projects. Mm -hmm. Like I think they wanted to start a business. They didn't know where to start. They came to our market, they made money and now they're doing amazing. So I think there's people out there who want to start, but they just don't know how to get connected to the right resources. Yeah, and that that's a good point because that's, mm-hmm. I mean, once again, it's very hard to find yeah. that research. It's really hard to figure out where to start. Yeah. Um, and if you have people to help guide you through that. Yeah. And, you know, I will say, you know, it wasn't just, it really wasn't just Black-owned businesses mm-hmm. at this point either. It was a lot of underrepresented yeah. businesses mm-hmm. that started to kind of see and started to get more. I mean, social media was obviously an amazing yeah. thing for all of us throughout the pandemic. Yeah. But, you know, there were other minorities, businesses, you know, women-owned businesses, veteran-owned mm-hmm. businesses, all these things that really right. started to come to the forefront. Yeah. So, you know, as far as looking at the pandemic and where we were and where we are now, I mean, what have you kind of seen as the effects for yeah. underrepresented businesses? Okay, so like, you know, my background— <laughs> Where I was when Soul Street started, I was in the nonprofit world supporting families that were Alice, considered Alice. And I was actually at United Way, so we rolled out the Alice Report. And for those who don't know, it stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed. And it's just a fancy way of saying working poor. And a lot of those families were underrepresented. So my passion there was just kind of helping those families. But if you look at, like, supporting underrepresented businesses, that's another way of doing that. Because, you know, you making a big purchase for an underrepresented business might be that last check they need to submit their child's tuition for college. So they can have that child be the first-generation college student. As a first-generation college student, like, that is everything. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without that. So, um, so like, seeing what Black-owned businesses face and historically have faced, there are also other unique challenges that women face that, you know, Hispanic businesses face. Um and it's not right. And and it's crazy to me because I think having a diverse economy is important. Like you need your businesses to reflect the people who live there. It's just more attractive. And and one positive thing that came out of this pandemic, I think, is that people were more conscious about mm-hmm. like putting their dollars in those communities um, within those businesses, which is great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, That's half of the job, but now it's like also getting these businesses connected to the resources to be sustainable because a lot of the small businesses and, you know, a lot of underrepresented businesses had to shut down because they didn't have what they needed to be sustainable, like in an emergency, like a pandemic. Um, So there was a lot of that, but, you know, there was a lot of great grants that came out to try to help and that people qualified for, which is great. And just the fact that people are more, like you said, woke to, like, why they should support these businesses is just a huge plus. But we got to keep doing that. You know what I mean? It's not a trend. It's something that we have to do going forward. 
Hi, I'm Sandy Dubay from Platinum PR, Places Reimagined, and we're the creators and producers of The Frederick Factor. We're also the sponsors of season two. For over two decades, the Platinum PR team has helped economic development and tourism organizations discover their potential, attract new investment, and tell their community story. Would you like our team of talented professionals to help you reimagine your place? We'd love to hear from you. Find us at PlatinumPR.com or click the link in the show notes. We're also looking for sponsors of future episodes of The Frederick Factor. If you're interested in sponsoring future episodes so your business or organization can be featured in a message like this, email us at info at FrederickFactor.com to find out more. Happy listening. You know, the whole DEI, mm-hmm. which has been the the buzzword <laughs> of... I, I, I want to say 2021, but really it was the buzzword of 2020. It's probably the buzzword of 2022. I know I've personally sat on a number of DEI focus groups. And for those who don't know, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm sure you have also as well. And, you know, I I think that's one of the things I always want to push is that this, first of all, it's not something that's new. It's Mm -hmm. something that has been around for for years and years and years, yeah. everyone's just starting to now notice it. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, make sure that we're continuing with this. Let's not forget about this in five years. You know, let's really continue. Yeah. So, you know, kind of looking at from when you first came here in middle mm-hmm. school to where we are now, mm-hmm. to the improvements we see kind of coming yeah. in the future, like where are you seeing and and what improvements do you see that we have now yeah. that are going to extend out. So let's start like with businesses. It is cool to th- hear that since the pandemic, there have been more Black-owned businesses started than ever before. So people are starting businesses, which is great because maybe they are getting more connected to resources because more people want to help. Like, you know, a lot of banks stepped up and they said they're, they really are passionate about supporting minority and women businesses and things of that nature. I also, I see from, like, our government level a lot more support. You hear a lot more government officials talking about, like, wanting to support that, which is great. Like, it should be a priority. It's an issue, and they're trying to find solutions. And you see programs like the Frederick County Office of Economic Development has an Empower program, which is amazing. They offer mentorship. It's free. And they have resources and networking events. And to be able to have, like, a special hub for underrepresented businesses to the county, that's something that all businesses should be taking advantage of. So I think that we are just really going in the right direction. Um, And I think just making sure we hold our officials accountable, you know, for the things that they say they're going to do is one thing that we all have to do. Yeah, that's... That is very important. Yeah. Um, I think accountability yes. overall, um, you know, I will say as someone who participated as well in the empowerment program, I did their executive minority leadership program in 2020, actually during COVID. Yes. So we were not able to be in person. We sat in an auditorium. We sat everyone in a separate row. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we didn't get as much personal, yes. but I will say it was a very nice strong program mm-hmm. to connect us and then recently did mentor program where yes. Shana was actually one of the the mentees in the program yeah. and had the opportunity to sit with a number of underrepresented mm-hmm. groups from all different types of backgrounds yeah. all different industries um and it was a great collab session mm-hmm. so you know I, I would highly recommend for those who haven't t- checked into the empowerment programs you know it's it's very welcoming mm-hmm. you know one of one of the most welcoming groups I feel like yeah. as far as kind of 
you know, you don't have to be already established, mm-hmm. even if you're just new, even if you're just considering yes. starting something. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing that I've noticed, too, is, like, there's a lot more opportunities for businesses to have a platform to express their concerns. So, like, I know the partnership did a focus group uh, with underrepresented businesses, and that was great to just, you know, and that was one thing Soul Street helped with, like, to to sit down with Downtown Frederick Partnership and also bring in some of the businesses that they work with so that the two groups can connect. And here, here's my feedback and why I may or may not feel like I'm welcome downtown Frederick to do business. And to actually have downtown Frederick listen rather mm-hmm. than like respond, you know? Um, so to see a lot of that going on, especially like the chamber does stuff like that. Um, it's been, it's been nice to see. Agreed. Yeah. So kind of bringing this back. Mm-hmm. So what do you think your Frederick factor is? Okay. What is, <laughs> my Frederick factor. So kind of what, what do you feel as, you know, what are you bringing mm-hmm. to Frederick? Yeah. And, I mean, I know okay. what you bring to Frederick. Oh. And I can tell you, for those who don't know, it's some some incredible stuff. But, you know, what do you feel yeah. like, you know, your, your Frederick factors? What do you feel like yeah. is your, what you are kind of bringing to this? I want to say connections and opportunities. So my background, you know, was with a nonprofit that supported underrepresented families, you know, I started really getting to know the ins and outs of the community. Like, so basically as a volunteer coordinator, when I started out, like, okay, like I would take groups to go volunteer at different nonprofits. Then I was like, this is awesome because if I ever, you know, everyone's one car accident away from being Alice and if it happens to me or homeless, and if it happens to me, I know where to go for my next meal. I know where to go for clothing. I know where to go for medical care, X, Y, and Z. Like, So having that knowledge, then understanding like, what is Alice in Frederick? So more than 37% of households in Frederick County struggle to afford, you know, basic necessities. If you look at the groups, the black and brown populations, okay, this is interesting, you know, and um, what can we do like to support these families? And again, like a lot of these families might be trying to have another stream of income. It could be that business that they're trying to start and- how can we help that business be successful? How can we help them? Because, you know, when you're Alice, you got to decide, do I pay my kids um, fee for extracurricular sports or do I pay to keep the lights on? Well, maybe supporting their business will allow them to do both. And for me, like the passion is like, it's deeper than just like business. Like it's great to have businesses want to be here in Frederick, but it goes deeper than that. It's like, you're really helping the families. And when you do that, you're improving that overall big picture of like, who is Alice? Like it's the cost of living is only going up. You know what I mean? So to me, it's just more so about like the, that community piece and just understanding like you're just improving Frederick overall. You know, I feel like when I my dream for Frederick is to see like a thriving, diverse community, a diverse business community. I can go down the street and get some Indian food. I can go, you know, support an Ethiopian establishment. Like, I want to know I'm living in a place that truly reflects the people who live here. And not only that, like, people are able to send their kids to school. You know, they can buy a home because I was lucky enough to be able to buy a home through a great program. And that lays the foundation, honestly, in my opinion, to being able to focus on your business and establish yourself as, like, a, a career person and make more money. Like, once you have a home... 
it's everything. So my Frederick factor, I think, is just really helping people make connections and find opportunities. Well, knowing, I mean, knowing your community, mm-hmm. like you said. Knowing I mean, your that's, community. And, and not just, you know, I think it's important to point out that it's not just knowing Frederick City. Mm-hmm. It's knowing all of Frederick County yep. and understanding the county and bringing that change, like mm-hmm. you were saying, bringing that change to the entire yeah. county of Frederick, letting not just Frederick City reflect, but letting mm-hmm. the whole county be reflective yeah. of what our community really is right yeah. now. And what they need. You know what I mean? Like being in a position to like, you know, I love supporting black businesses. That's how it all, how I got started. But knowing all the issues going on with underrepresented businesses, being that person that can take that issue, take, you know, take their voice and help them take it to downtown Frederick or go talk to an elected official, like just kind of being aware of what's going on, making those connections, creating opportunities. Well, I think that's the best way to wrap it up, creating opportunities. Yes. So thank you so much for being here, Shana. Thanks and for having me. Until the next time. You've been listening to The Frederick Factor. Want to find out more about our diverse community that makes Frederick so special? Visit our website at frederickfactor.com. Till next time.